Welcome to the Tanakh Podcast. Today, Shmuel Aleph, Perek Chaf, Chapter 20. I'm very excited about today's podcast because this is the chapter of Machar Chodesh. And it talks about Rosh Chodesh, and today is Rosh Chodesh. And this week's Parsha Shavua has the mitzvah of HaChodesh HaZelachem, Rosh Chodeshim. So how do you get all those three things coming together? This is pretty cool. So maybe we'll start with just a quick word about Rosh Chodesh. Uh, we, our Parsha Shavua tells us, HaChodesh HaZelachem, Rosh Chodeshim, Rishon Hulachem that the first mitzvah that was given collectively to the Jewish people was the notion that Nisan, the month of our exodus, would be the first month. However, it already assumes in some way that uh, we count our months according to the moon. Um, the notion of Rosh Chodesh as a day of celebration, as a day of celebration, we really m- maybe see in uh, the Korbanot, the fact that there are special sacrifices for uh, Rosh Chodesh, and also in Bahalotcha, Bamidbar chapter 10, where we got, get told that Uvion Simchatchem of Moadechem of Rashechachachem, Bamidbar chapter 10, verse 10, on your happy days, on your festivals, and on your Rosh Chodesh, you should Utkartem Bechatzot, blow the trumpets, Al Olotechem, Al Zibcheshalmechem, on your burnt offerings, on your peace offerings, Vayulachem Zikaron Ifne Eloichem, Ani Hashem Elokechem. And they shall, God should remember you. Um, you know, in, in some way this is interesting because uh, on the one hand, Rosh Chodesh is a day, we say Halal is a happy day. On the other hand, we see it as a Zman Kapara. It is a, we say that in our Musaf Davening, Zman Kapara Lechol Todotam. That's why there is a tradition of Yom Kippur Katan. Uh, some people even say Slichot, every Erev Rosh Chodesh. To, you know, every time we have a moment of renewal, a moment of renewal is is a moment of celebration, you know, happy new year, happy new month. On the other hand, it's also a time of uh, trepidation because on our Rosh Hashanah, we sort of pray for a good year. So are we worthy? Are we worthy of a good month? So there's always this interesting bittersweet um, mix. The We can see from our chapter, Shmuel Aleph Perachaf, that the whole family is to get together on Rosh Chodesh because the the whole idea is that this is set on Rosh Chodesh and in fact two days of Rosh Chodesh in our chapter and uh, the expectation or the anticipation is that the whole royal family the family of Shaul including David as as a son-in-law will show up for the festive meal and it's when David doesn't show and when Jonathan defends him that uh, Shaul completely loses it and has a fit with Yonatan. Um, other places that we see Rosh Chodesh in Tanakh as a festive day, in the famous story in Malachim Bet about the Shunamit, the Shunamite woman, the woman who miraculously has a child and then her uh, child dies or has a heat stroke and then is revived by El- Elisha. Um, when she goes to see the prophet to help him heal her son, her husband says, Why today are you going to the prophet? 
לא חודש ולא שבת. I understand that you go on Shabbat. I understand you go and hear his shir on Rosh Chodesh. But today is none of those days. And what that sort of shows us is that Rosh Chodesh was a day in some way akin to Shabbat. It was a day of spiritual pursuits, a day when you would go and hear the prophet. Um, very interesting. The last place I'll mention is the first chapter of Ishayahu. This comes up in a far more negative context. The people of Jerusalem seem to think they can act in um, corrupt and degenerate ways and then bring sacrifices and everything will be sababa, will just be just fine. And Isaiah says, I don't want all your sacrifices. Uh, I, I don't need all your sacrifices. And he says, When you come to see my face, you're just uh, trampling my courtyards. This is no good. And he says, I cannot stand Rosh Chodesh. I cannot stand Shabbat. These are regular days. Shabbat, when we bring extra sacrifices, and Rosh Chodesh, when we bring even more. And he says, I, I, I just can't stand your Rosh Chodesh, your 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 Moadim, your festivals, um, because you bring lots more korbanot, and you you're just evil people, and therefore what you need to really do here is chidlu uh, hareya, stop being evil, limdu heitev, dir shumishpat, seek justice, shiftu yatom rivu almana, take up the case of the of the orphan, take up the case of the widow. Whichever way, what do we see? That in this uh, chapter 1 of Isaiah, Chodesh is put with Shabbat, and we really see Rosh Chodesh in ancient Israel as a day which belongs with that group of Chagim, Shabbat, um, in many, many dimensions. So, Chodesh Tov, <laughs> now we understand the role of Rosh Chodesh and how it intersects with our, with our chapter and with many more chapters in, uh, in the Tanakh. So let's just say a couple of words about chapter 20. Um, even after all the assassination attempts of the last two chapters, David turns to Yonatan and says, I've always been loyal to your father. Why has he turned against me? And Yonatan decides to check this out again. Um, what we see throughout the chapter is this phenomenal love between David and Yonatan. Um, a really powerful relationship they talk about uh, that they love one another. And this goes throughout the whole chapter that Yonatan cannot let go of this wonderful relationship. Um, I wouldn't even talk about this if this wasn't so widespread, but many people have suggested that possibly there was some sort of um, romantic relationship between Yonatan and David. Um, needless to say, I, the, the Tanakh never talks about intimacy in relationships, neither between men and women. Uh, we've just learned about the love of Michal and uh, and David, but nothing intimate. And therefore, I think it, it, this is not what it's talking about at all. Some years ago, I was reading an, a journal, an article about love in Sefer uh, Shmuel, and somebody wrote a critique of the article and said, are you so affected by Western standards that you, all you can think about is love? All you can think about is sex? And the man who wrote the article said, you're the one who's got sex on the brain. 
he said uh, in Greece there are all sorts of different types of love the love of a parent to a child filial love yes there's also erotic love but there's also brotherly love and uh, I hope that uh, whoever's listening to this podcast have experienced phenomenal friendships friendships which really are very very deep where you feel a real click with somebody who is a who 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 is obviously nothing erotic or sexual in the relationship but just a really really deep relationship of friendship um which are people who really click together and maybe that's indeed what we have here between david and jonathan um of course on this backdrop we see the real hatred of 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 shaul come out where he talks in horrible ways to his son ben nabata mardut you rebellious good for nothing i know that you prefer beni shai for your own shame and for the shame of the nakedness of your mother very crude talk and now we have an admission a freudian admission by by shaul as long as the son of Jesse lives, you won't be able to be king. I need to kill him. You bring him to me. Um, Shaul is admitting uh, very clearly here that he sees David as a contender for the throne and really puts this uh, in front of in front of Jonathan. I have to say that in a later chapter, we see that um, this could be end up very, very different because Yonatan goes to find uh, David later on in the story and uh, he says to David, Yonatan says to David, you will be the king and I'll be your deputy. <laughs> in other words, David and Yonatan are planning to rule together. After all, they are brothers-in-law Um if history had worked this way, we could end up with a, a far less uh, pain. The last thing I'll say um, about this chapter is the centrality of arrows. Um, and we know from many sources, I quoted them in a previous class, um, about the shooting ability of of the tribes of Binyamin. We know that from the story of Pilegesh Begiva, the war against Binyamin there, where they mention what uh, sure shots, what uh, amazing snipers, the people of Binyamin, a similar verse in uh, we find in Divrei Yamim, but this also comes up in David's eulogy. Um, David's eulogy for Shaul and Yonatan, where he says, "Lelamed Yehuda Keshet," to teach um, the people of Judah how to shoot with an arrow. Halohi um, this is written in Sefer Shah, which maybe is a record of the wars. And again, later he talks about that Yonatan was an exceptional archer. And therefore, the way he sends secret messages to David is through means of archery. This is probably something he does. And therefore, nobody will notice if he's going out to the field to do shooting practice. And this is how he can send secret messages to David, who's lying in wait. At this point, David understands that this is, he is persona non grata, and David is going to go even deeper into his flight from the king, and things are going to go into more dangerous territory from our next chapter.
See you then. Chodesh Tov.